0: Radio studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show.
1: Some more business news. I read that Carnival Cruise is experiencing a bacon shortage. When passengers found out they immediately started inflating lifeboats and jumping overboard... I don't want to say it's anarchy, but within 15 minutes, a passenger with eight strips of bacon was screaming, I am the captain now. <laughs> and you go, okay.
0: <laughs> uh, you yeah, know what? You got to laugh. Huh? Sure. Keeps you sane, huh? When Best all, medicine. When all about
1: you, everyone about you is losing their head, something like that. Uh, I like the Laura Logan actually retweeted this yesterday. This is a pretty funny one. You've probably heard by now that uh, well, I'll read the Babylon B headline. Trump sneaks back on Twitter by disguising self as Taliban spokesman. Trump is not allowed on Twitter. The
0: spokesman for the Taliban is and tweets out regularly. So hmm. that just makes perfectly good sense. Nice job, Jack Dorsey. Nice job, Algo Rhythms. Nice job, Cabal of woke, bepierced, young dip S's in Silicon Valley. Thanks, Twitter. We- you people are, are, are clowning yourselves. Stop it. Rand
1: Paul, who's an actual doctor, questions masks. You boot it off. Taliban leader,
0: you get to stay. And eat something, Jack Dorsey. For God's sake, you look like you're dying.
1: Um, Unintentionally kind of funny, you know, in a tragic comedy sort of way. This story uh, caught my eye yesterday.
0: I left to prevent bloodshed in order to make sure.
1: A huge disaster is prevented. Talking from the United Arab Emirates, Afghan President Ashraf Ghani spoke out today for the first time on camera since the Taliban took control of his country, while also denying reports he left with $169 million in cash.
0: There are many details need to be provided
1: those who think I fled the country. My message is to not judge
0: if you have not details.
1: Yeah, don't don't be judging me just because I said on Friday I love my country I will die for my country and 18 hours later somebody went to the uh went to the oval office there in your palace and well, where did he go? You were on a plane you left town and reports are you took about 170 million dollars with you.
0: Uh, they say 169. It was 159. Sounds similar. I don't fault you but get the details right please. <laughs>
1: She money, ah, uh, boy. So that's what Biden was talking about the other day about how long do we prop up this corrupt government? When he was telling his, uh, when they were all gathered together and everybody was telling him we got to stay, and he's saying no, well, we're getting out. How long do we prop up this corrupt government? And I get that. I get that argument completely. Still yeah. doesn't mean you had to do it like this. Doesn't mean you had to close down our air force base. By the way, you know and. Uh, And use the local airport to get people out and all those kinds of decisions. But, yeah, that president who's going to die for his country left with millions and millions of dollars and got the hell out.
0: You know, I want to correct something that I've said a couple of times, just partial correction, that the situation has not been very warlike in Afghanistan for American forces for quite a while. We've had only one person die, and that was in the last 18 months or so. That was last February February 2020 uh but uh, the one thing i left out of that analysis is the fact that part of the uh, significant part of that reason is because trump struck a deal with the taliban saying we were getting out don't attack our guys so if we were to have uh, maintained uh, the scenario I was suggesting was preferable, which is continue to advise, conduct airstrikes, uh, support the uh, the mechanical aspects of the Afghan Air Force, the rest of it. It would have been more dangerous than it has been but is over that- the last six months. It, but it would not have been a war per se. It would have been occupying a country with a persistent and, and, and dangerous insurgency.
1: It hasn't been a war in like 15 years. And what is our tolerance for this sort of thing? Here's a question that um, uh, I heard somebody ask the other day, and it's a pretty good one. So uh, the American people and Joe Biden and lots of people uh, at this point are uh, making the argument that, um, you know, we don't need to be there. Why are we there? Why are we babysitting corrupt government? Blah, blah, blah. At the beginning when we went in, we get, we get struck. We figure out the people that attack us came out of Afghanistan We took a vote on going to war in Afghanistan. 99 nothing vote in the Senate. 432 to 1 vote in the House, something like that, to go in. Mm -hmm. American approval of going in is like 98% to go into Afghanistan. Now, most people and the the guy in charge think, no, we don't need to be there. At At what point did it cross from clearly a good idea to a horrible idea we got to get out at any cost even if it's a debacle
0: uh, well that, the now that president a, that'd be a great been... question
1: for the president himself actually since he's been involved the whole time either as a senator vice president or president at what point did the switch did it get switched from obviously a good idea to anybody you would ask right left or
0: center to a horrible idea when yeah. was that point well, the president in his uh, not very good speech the other day made the point. And we had the clip. I don't know if somebody can grab it. It's not that important. But he, he says, listen, our, our, our point in going in Afghanistan was to punish the Taliban and make sure it couldn't be used as a hive of terrorist activity. Well, OK, if that is our if that was our purpose, leaving absolutely betrayed that purpose. And you have to explain to us, because, oh, then he said, you know, we've told them sternly, and I wagged my finger, you can't let al-Qaeda in there or any other terrorist groups who they've been fighting side-by-side with for the last year or so. So, again, if our original purpose was to prevent Afghanistan from being used as a uh, springboard for terrorism uh, around the globe, well, it's a springboard for terrorism right now. Absolutely it is. Oh, and, you know, I was just reading the other day and I hadn't been aware of this, uh, but there are quite a number of uh, militant Muslim fighters from quite a number of countries within the Taliban at this point. And it is, it is widely expected that they, some of them at least, will be uh, bringing the hate back home to wherever they hail from. So, yeah, it's going to be precisely what uh, the president was talking about, a springboard for terrorism.
1: So I uh, wanted to follow up on this briefly. So General Milley yesterday, standing there at the Secretary of Defense, they were both saying various versions of this. This comes down to an issue of will and leadership. Um, and no, I did not, nor did anyone else, see a collapse of an army that size in 11 days. And uh, Sectef said the same thing. We did get this text. Well, of course they missed it. Milley and Austin were too busy rooting out racism and transphobia in the military to, uh, to, 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 to look at this sort of stuff. I think there's absolutely some truth to that. If you're if you're up there giving speeches about critical race theory and the importance of it in the military, if you spent ten minutes on that, and anybody below you, then uh, yeah, that's just crazy.
0: Um, but- I I know a source close to a source who uh, considers a source a, a good source who said. Uh, it, it, hmm. There were various aspects of integrating women into combat units that took enormous amounts of time and energy, even as all the fighting people involved knew it was a terrible idea. But the pressure had come from Congress that it had to happen. And so they were, uh, you know, as you suggest, pretty preoccupied with that at very high levels.
1: So specifically to the nobody saw this happening and them could have taken over the country in 11 days. Tom Jocelyn, who is with Long War Journal, which I've been following for years, they've been doing this like the entire war. And uh, he shows up on various shows. He tweeted this out yesterday. One, it did not collapse in 11 days. The Taliban's winning offensive began months ago and they laid the groundwork for it well before that. Two, anyone paying attention could see that coming. Three, the 11 days part means Millie doesn't know, still doesn't know what happened.
0: And as well, just, as I said earlier, if he's telling the truth, he should resign that he didn't know, as they make the point. And if he's not telling the truth and he's lying about that, he should resign. Correct. Nobody resigns anymore, though. Nobody gets fired. Nobody
1: resigns. Nobody's ever held accountable for anything. Nobody ever says, I screwed up. I
0: should have done better. Right. I resign.
1: There are four... Different investigations that are getting started in the House already around this debacle, and the Democrats control the House. And still, mm-hmm. there, there are four different congressional uh, investigations that are kicking off that have been announced, and there will probably be more. It's a you week. know,
0: this is, this is no great tribute to the Republican Party, which is a husk of its former principled self, but uh, has anybody ever emerged from the midterms with 435 seats in Congress and all 100 Senate seats? I guess all the Senate seats aren't up, so that's an impossibility. But holy cow, things are going poorly. Yeah, I'd say so. Um,
1: Got a surprising statement from the WHO on a couple of different aspects of the whole COVID thing. that We ought to hit you with one I'm in favor of, one I'm definitely
0: not. I tell you what, the the, the freaking vid is as big a story practically as it's ever been. It is, and it's getting Pushed
1: off the front page for two reasons. One, the calamity in Kabul. That's what I'll call it from now. That's going to be my cry on underneath me while I walk around. The calamity in Kabul. You're going to have like a sign over your head? Yeah. Like a title? Wow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, Yeah, it needs to be lit up. Or it needs to be scrolling. Calamity in Kabul. Ah. Yeah. Yeah, scroll. That gets people's attention. But so obviously that's been the main story for like four days. And then people are sick of it. I'm sick of it. It's weird. So statistically, the COVID is like as big as ever some places, <laughs> but
0: I'm tired of it. So what do you want me to do? You know, I want to talk about that. And because I'm I vaccinated. Think, yeah, there's that. Uh, yeah, let's talk about that, because I think it's, it's more complicated and subtle than just people are tired of it. I think there might be some deep anthropological truth wow. going on here. Wow. Joe's, yeah. Joe's going to go deep anthropologically. Oof, I'm going to strip down my loincloth and go all caveman on you. (laughs) That's next. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Matt's speech got pretty intense. Your children and your children's children will be subjugated. They will be asked, how many vaccines have you had? Have you been a good little Nazi? Hail Fauci! Hail Fauci! Hail Fauci! Hail Fauci!
1: I can see you're passionate. I can see this is important to you, but I just want to remind you of the phrase, you catch more flies with honey than you do with
0: crystal meth. (laughs) (laughs) That's a pretty good joke.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Ah, Are you a good little Nazi? So a couple of COVID things. WHO, uh, with a statement out today that it is immoral that we're giving booster shots when part of the world doesn't have any vaccine at all. You know it's immoral? I'm, oh, boy. I'm, I'm willing to hear that argument from somebody not the WHO. Because it's a discussion you can have. I don't agree with it, but you can have that discussion. But the WHO doesn't get to say that. Because it's kind of immoral to cover up for the Chinese Communist Party and have millions of people die and cost trillions and trillions of dollars. So shut up with the what's immoral or not.
0: Because you Chairman she's little ho. Yeah. Yeah.
1: On the other hand, they're not. I don't know what's going on exactly behind the scenes, but the Wall Street Journal had a couple of different articles how Chinese pressure on coronavirus origins probe shocked the WHO and led its director to push back. So even that Tedris guy, who seemed like he was so in bed with the Chinese, is pushing back hard now on the Chinese narrative. And when, uh, when the report came back from China. Uh, saying uh, the we think it came from uh, we think it came from a wet market or maybe even frozen food from the United States. Apparently, he behind the scenes was shocked. They were like, "What? Yeah. What?" So I don't know why they move so slowly. Big giant international organizations do, I guess, but they're just now getting around to. Hey, they lied to us. We're pushing back hard.
0: So that's where well, we are on that. There's been many a criminal enterprise through history where uh, everybody was willing to go along and keep cool and keep the secret until one of the parties went way, way too far. And I think uh, old Dr. Tedros and the WHO, to a large extent right now, they turn states evidence. You know what I mean? They th- hey, the truth is out there. This thing came from the Chinese lab. The Chinese communists covered it up. Everybody now knows it. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not going to go along with this anymore. I'm going to save my own neck.
1: You could be right. The you were talking earlier about how COVID is, you know, pretty strong some places, and uh, doesn't get near the attention that it did because I think a lot of people are just tired of talking about it. Um, I'm vaccinated, and I don't, I don't get super emotional or political about the mask thing, but I'd rather not wear one. Uh, if I can avoid it, but my County went back to mandatory masks indoors in all public settings. And then I was at a big gathering last night and I don't know why this, I don't know if they were just defying the County orders or if it didn't meet some restrictions. I don't understand, but there are a lot of people indoors in a room, lots of people like shoulder to shoulder, no masks. And mm-hmm. I thought if anybody in here has got Delta, everybody's got it now the way it's the way I understand it spreads. So.
0: Yeah, I I just wonder whether there isn't something going on that's deep within us. It's it's not it's not intellectual. It's instinctive, that we've hidden in the cave long enough. We've taken enough precautions. We need to go out and face whatever. We need to have it do what it's going to do, and and then those of us who survive, which is the vast vast majority of us, and I hope I'm among you, uh, we'll just go on with our lives, having dealt with a, a terribly unpleasant chapter, but. I just think there's an instinctive, and it's not just impatience. I think it's deeper than that. A feeling that we've tried to evade this thing three, four, five different ways. We haven't. Now we got to fight it.
1: Could be. Um, and, you know, maybe top of brain, too. Uh, headlines like this one. Israel, once the model for beating COVID, faces new surge of infections. So they were held out as the best with the vaccinations, the best with the social distancing, masking, blah, 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 everything. Now they're getting hit hard, like various places
0: do. Yeah, I happened to read that same piece, and it was uh, it was kind of chilling in one way, um, in that as, as great as their performance has been and as close to just, well, they're at the percentages that everybody has said would be herd immunity. And yet because... The virus is mutating, and the Delta is different and, and, and more virulent and causes lots of breakthrough cases. Yeah, they're having a significant number of breakthrough deaths, almost entirely among the old and the weakened. But uh, this uh, this is not your daddy's coronavirus, the Delta. It's a new situation. And honestly, uh, speaking of boosters, as we were a couple of minutes ago, uh, especially Team Pfizer, which I'm on, I'm absolutely thinking of getting a booster as soon as I can because the efficacy against the Delta seems to be fading with time.
1: Oh, really? I know I got an email from some organization I'm associated with saying get on the list for the booster, so I suppose I will. Although that's not the way I got it last time. I went to a local pharmacy and got lucky, so.
0: Yeah. Maybe I'll do that again. Getting back to the fabulous efficiency of our
1: government. Sorry, rest of the world. You should have got your own vaccine.
0: Armstrong and Getty. Strong and Getty Show. Now what do you do with Shohei
1: Otani? Be very, very careful. Well, folks, uh, Shohei Otani has come to the plate and uh, it's been brought to my attention and I sincerely apologize if I offended anybody, especially anybody in the Asian community for what I said about pitching and being careful to
0: uh, Jose, or Shohei Otani.
1: Oh, nice to attempt at an apology, Jack Morris. I'm sorry. You're canceled. You're canceled. Because you got to be in the modern world. Canceled. 66-year-old former pitcher who does color commentary on baseball games for the Detroit Tigers said, what did he say there to the Japanese batter needing to be very, uh, very careful?
0: Be very, very careful.
1: Okay. Uh, Not, Not smart. No, no. No, not smart, but is that the end of your career? Well, apparently it is. He has been suspended indefinitely, which means he will not be coming back. Uh, Uh. He will be undergoing bias training to educate him on the impact of his comments and how he can be a positive influence in a diverse community. He needs to understand the impact of his comments. Well, you could ask the person who was on the other end of his comments, Otani himself, because he said something about it yesterday. Yeah, I did see the footage and I heard it on, on the video. But, I mean, personally, I don't. I'm not offended. Or I don't take. I didn't take anything personally, and I have no say to what the Tigers wanted to do or what they did with him. And I mean, he's a Hall of Famer. he has, he has a big influence in the baseball world. So uh, it's kind of a tough spot. I'm not offended. I didn't take anything personally.
0: Well, not good. enough. You know, what? it could. Be, well, it could be the Tigers are playing this one cajolily. They've suspended him indefinitely, which could mean for five minutes. It won't, but it, it could mean that. It could mean a long time, too. He's going to take some sort of phony baloney bias training. And then when he's uh, rehabilitated, he will come back and say, Yeah, I've learned so much. And I just I can't believe the old me would have said something like that. But the new me is thoroughly enlightened. Uh, hey, La, hey, La. And uh, back to the booth he goes. We got in trouble for doing a mocking Asian
1: accent years ago, like big trouble. And uh, TV stations were here and all kinds of crap and we had to have local dignitaries come in and talk to us about the history of racism with Asian stuff like that. But anyway, the the the, the reality remains that somebody decided at some point a mocking Asian accent is the sort of thing you lose your job over. A mocking French accent, German accent, Canadian accent, pretty much anything, uh, is a, is is fine. But Asian Uh accent is uh, your complete, uh, you lose your job over there. Canceled. Well, you're a racist,
0: obviously. Why? All those other accents are fine. You explain it to me why. I don't know. You know, I could bore you to death with a long discussion of the very idea of race. Race is utterly insignificant on a biological level. I mean, it, it's in terms of the makeup of the beast that is Homo sapiens, the color of your skin and a couple of, of genetic tendencies toward uh, one disease or another, uh, you know, some minor stuff with fast twitch muscles, whatever, it's just incredibly unimportant. It is, to a large extent, a social construct. The idea of the post-racial, I don't see race world is utterly within our, our, our uh, ability to get there. I mean, we'll always, birds of a feather will always tend to flock together, and that's fine. But the idea that Asian is a race, and Hispanic is a race, and black is race, and white is race, and that's got some great significance, that is phony. Well, I don't, I got
1: to admit, I don't have a good handle on race or ethnicity at this point. Uh, The other day they were talking about when Tucker Carlson was in Hungary and uh, and they're talking about uh, 98 percent of the uh, country is made up of the ethnicity of Hungarian. I thought that's an ethnicity Hungarian. Okay, I didn't know that. I don't I don't I don't quite understand what's race and what's ethnic and what's well,
0: since the term racist and racism has such power. Uh, activists have extended it to cover virtually everything. Well, we know that, but I mean, so you got an ethnicity or a, a subculture or a regional dialect or whatever. They call everything race so that they can, you know, terrify you in a silence if mm-hmm. you dare go up against them. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of uh, being terrified, you don't want to be uh, afraid of crime and fire and the rest of it in your home, and that's why Simply Save Home Security is such a great idea. You really ought to click on the website at least and take a look. It is an award-winning, yet easy-to-use and inexpensive way to feel safe.
1: Simple to use is important, because I have seen with my own eyes people who had big, complicated systems with a, thing on the wall and a bunch of menus to go through and codes and stuff like that <laughs> and they just get frustrated and don't use their security system because it's such a pain simply safe is easy to use it's easy to set up it's easy to order so you go to simplysafecom armstrong you click around and customize it for your house comes to your home you set it up yourself in about 30 minutes and if you were to have any problems you probably won't because it's simple to set up but they're there to help
0: you all kinds of help and
1: then you've got the help with the medical emergency or the fire emergency or the
0: burglary or whatever and as our listeners, you can save 20% on your Simply Safe security system and get your first month free when you sign up for interactive monitoring service. Just visit simplysafe.com slash Armstrong, customize that system, start protecting your home or your workshop or your business. Simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. I want to get to the one of
1: the several withering articles in the Washington Post today about the Biden administration handling of Afghanistan. And I mean, they're going as hard at him on some of this stuff as they ever did on Trump. It's it's something um, Washington state has announced today they're going to require all teachers, school staff, bus drivers, custodians, everybody that works at the school has got to be vaccinated by October 18th or you lose your job. So that's the strictest policy of anybody anywhere in America. And uh, I don't know how many of those people are, you know, anti getting vaccinated if if they're going to sue and say you can't do that, or challenge it in court, or oh, just it's get fired, go to
0: court, yeah, absolutely, it will. But yeah, there'll be the huge controversies and marches and, and angry, uh, you know, chants. I'm sure. Uh, Washington State kind of people get up in the morning chanting angrily. Right <laughs> That's there. right. So I know we're all obsessed with Afghanistan, uh, rightly so, and COVID, rightly so, at least to some extent, but there are so many other stories that are not getting any attention right now that are of critical importance. For instance, and I appreciate Dan Crenshaw, Congressman Dan Crenshaw, for hammering the Biden administration on this, their policies on oil are are insane they are crippling america's uh ability to produce any oil domestically while begging opec to increase production because prices are going up and the economy's picking up and the rest of it but even as they're they're begging opec they're canceling contracts they're and they're closing pipelines there are half a dozen things here i could give you examples of instead of While we are developing the new technologies that do not nearly exist as effectively and efficiently as we need to supplant, to to replace oil and fossil fuels. I mean, we still desperately need fossil fuels and will for quite a few years. Why are we not producing American energy? We do it more cleanly. We do it with more strict regulations. We do it more carefully and with more regard to the environment than anybody does. So if we were going to use any oil on Earth, it should be American oil, not only for political, geopolitical reasons, but for environmental reasons. And it is, I almost dropped an F-bomb. I apologize for even thinking it, folks. It is blanking. (laughs) insane to appease the the empty-headed environmental left the Biden administration is doing what they're doing. And this is critical to putting bread and butter on your table, folks, economically speaking. So anyway, I I wanted to swing one or two haymakers at them over that before we get back to the other stuff.
1: Yeah, I uh, learned of that story last week at the gas station because I was filling up in my giant SUV. And a guy in a giant pickup was right across from me at the gas pump. And I said, how about these gas prices? And he said, yeah, and Biden just is begging OPEC for more oil while shutting down our pipelines. (laughs) Awesome. Talk radio topic here
0: at the gas pump. (laughs) Shutting down massive oil reserves in Alaska in the Arctic National Wildlife Refuge. We got to do it hyper carefully. I mean, like like really American style, uh, careful of the environment. Sure, let's do it. But let's not be
1: begging OPEC. Hey, gas station owners, convenience store owners. Uh, funny, one of my neighbors owns three of them. I should talk to him about it. I'll ask him. Uh, you Look around, whether you like it or not, lots of people drive big, giant SUVs, and they have big, giant gas tanks. And with gas at its current price, you can only get it like half full before your freaking pump shuts off. So how about you up the level on how many dollars worth I can put in my vehicle so I can get more than a half tank of gas?
0: It's, it's just silly. silly. Them or is that the credit card companies? I don't, I don't know. Well, whoever it is, they need
1: to adjust for the times. Yeah. Uh, if you have a thirty-gallon tank and you're paying almost five dollars a gallon, yeah, yeah. Rest of the country, gas is almost five dollars a gallon in California. Woo! I realize you're paying two eighty, but uh, the gas pump shuts off at like eighty bucks. And you're like, what, 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 what the hell? And then if you try to pull forward to another pump and use your same card, you know, the FBI shows up and has you on the ground because the, the, the whatever computer thinks you're stealing
0: from them. Well, and you probably don't want to spend that much time at the gas station because you're fleeing a fire. So, anyway. Or the homeless people that are hanging around the
1: gas station. Right. Um, uh, United Airlines has a new policy out, don't duct tape unruly passengers. That's a memo they put out to employees.
0: Oh. What are we supposed to do with them? A
1: belt? Please remember that there are designated items on board that may be used in difficult situations, and alternative measures such as tape should never be used. The United what, spokesman what, what
0: do they have on board? Now I'm curious. I don't know. Wow. Sack full of nickels. <laughs> a bag of cue balls. <laughs> this, of course, to... after
1: the story of a Frontier Airlines flight in which they duct taped that guy who screamed, my parents are worth $2 million, <laughs> which is Again. the most embarrassing thing you can say as a grown-up. Child. I, can, I can't even imagine anything worse than that. You... You should be unlayable for the rest of your life for saying that. Wow. Now that's a punishment. That is a punishment.
0: In a typical they got year, the seatbelt extensions on there, I know. Uh, saran wrap? That'd be good. In a typical year, uh, you
1: gotta just shove a bunch of sweet and low in their mouth so they can't talk.
0: <sighs> Like I that. don't think the talking's, well, the talking's part of it, but they don't want you swinging on any uh, flight attendants either. In a typical
1: year, the FAA said the agency sees about 100 to 150 formal cases of bad passenger behavior. But from the start of this year, the number has jumped to, from a normal year of 150, we're halfway through this year, 2,500. Moving up! How is that even possible? Wow. 19- we are a frustrated, nutty people. 1,900 of those are people who refuse to comply with the federal mask mandate. 1,900 of them. But so that is... But that still leaves a difference of like 650, right? Yeah, it still leaves a difference of six times a normal year. Yeah. Even without the mask mandate. Yeah, that's... that's that's. I don't know what's in the water there, man. That's interesting. Hmm. There's, this, this, uh, this will be studied for decades. It's got to fit in with the crime rate, right? And the suicide rate and the depression. And it's all got to fit together, doesn't it? Divorce rate, all these different things. How does it explode from 100 times a year, unruly passengers on planes, to 2,500 in the first half of this year?
0: Well, I will tell you this as a golfer. If you show up to the golf course with stress and anger you're much more likely to get stressed and angry by stressed and, and made angry by what happens on the golf course. If you show up to the flight stressed and angry, yeah, better chance you're going to swing on an air waitress.
1: And you're showing up stressed and angry, why? Because of COVID?
0: Yeah, COVID and related uh,
1: issues. Having to wear a Trouble mask state in state of the, the world, angry
0: politics. Kids home from
1: school. Right, right. Yeah. Huh? interesting why do you, why well you maybe you can answer that question the text line um 415295kftc is the text line but that that is an explosion i had heard that it had gone up a lot i didn't realize it was that much that's crazy oh yeah yeah many multiples so the washington post bringing it hard to the biden administration I ought to hit you with that cuz it's uh, it's withering
0: and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show.
1: The Defense Secretary and Chairman of the Joint Chiefs faced the press for the first time since Afghanistan fell to the Taliban. Complicating the evacuation, the military's decision to close Bagram Air Base, located an hour and a half north of Kabul, the largest air base the U.S. had in Afghanistan for 20 years. Why did you abandon the Bagram Airfield? Why did U.S. military pull out? Uh, given the uncertainty. Our task was to protect the embassy. If we were to keep both Bagram and the embassy going, uh, that would be a significant number of
0: military forces. All right. Like the significant number of military forces we've had to fly in suddenly now. Yeah. So next hour, we'll
1: uh, if you haven't heard him yet, Joe Biden's interview with George Stephanopoulos, he says some extraordinary things. That was General Milley there, and he and the Secretary of Defense said some extraordinary things yesterday, including both of them reiterating over and over that nobody could see this coming. Wall Street Journal's front page story today: Swift victory was years in the making. Yeah, the the Secretary of Defense ought to read that. Then he would quit saying that it was a, nobody saw this coming.
0: All right, maybe we'll get him our password so you know he doesn't get paywalled. So I mentioned the the Washington Post has got like four stories front page today.
1: Beaten up on the Biden administration. It's like it's like the old Trump days, only it's Biden instead. But here I'll read from one of them all about Afghanistan. Another decision that is almost certain to draw scrutiny from lawmakers is the Pentagon's decision to close Bagram Air Base more than six weeks ago when the mission to evacuate America's closest allies had barely begun. The sprawling airfield with two runways is about 35 miles north of Kabul and would have offered an alternative to the single runway airport there. No one in their right mind would have closed Bagram Air Base while leaving behind thousands of civilians, but that's what Joe Biden did, Senator Tom Cotton wrote on Twitter yesterday. Cotton's criticism was echoed by most military experts. See, when the Washington Post does this sort of thing, they quote somebody, and then they say, this was echoed by, and then they start, to, they're building, that they've got a point of view. All their stories have a point of view. Their point of view was, is that that was stupid. Mm-hmm. Cotton's criticism was echoed by most military experts with experience in the region. Barno, who commanded all U.S. forces in Afghanistan during the early years of the war, said that in his experience, Kabul International Airport is virtually indefensible. Hmm, seems to be. Laurel Miller, who worked as a special representative for Afghanistan and Pakistan, said the U.S. approach to the final days of the war also seemed to defy planning from several years earlier that concluded that any large-scale evacuation without Bagram or Kandahar airbases was going to be nearly impossible. Wow. They had done studies on this. They had a plan. They knew what it was. How the Secretary of Defense decided to go along with Joe Biden's plan, I don't know. A lack of speaking truth to power, or I don't know what. Back to the article. Another former U.S. senior military commander speaking on the condition of anonymity because of the issue's sensitivity said that keeping Bagram open would have been a safe, much safer bet. It would have given us many tactical options right to the end. Not the least being its defensibility, the retired general said. As the humanitarian situation deteriorated and then collapsed, operating out of Bagram could also have provided a better platform for supporting humanitarian processing at Kabul or even Bagram itself. Some former officials, such as Elliot Cohen, who worked on Afghanistan policy during the latter years of Bush's administration, decried the failure to protect America's closest Afghan allies as a moral failing. This says something about our governing class, how shallow and irresponsible they can be, said Cohen, dean of the John Hopkins School of Advanced International Studies, which has trained hundreds of U.S. foreign policy officials. They can be embarrassed. They should be profoundly ashamed. The defense officials spoke amid rising criticisms that the military withdrawal directed by Biden was not handled responsibility responsibly as administration officials said it would be. Congressional Democrats said on Wednesday that they will investigate the flawed withdrawal in a series of hearings. Congressional Democrats announced four different hearings yesterday. Former U.S. civilian and military officials with experience at senior levels in Afghanistan expressed befuddlement and how unready the Biden administration appeared to be to the possibility that it might have to rapidly evacuate both U.S. citizens and their allies.
0: And, well, and how long have we been talking about the urgent, terrifyingly urgent need to evacuate our allies? I mean, people have been screaming about that for months and months and months. That's one of
1: four different articles front page of the Washington Post today where they have quote after quote from people on the record or off the record all building the case that this was just horribly handled in all kinds of directions, and they don't offer any competing point of view in the washington post they don't say. on the other hand this general said no there's none of that hmm. it's all just piling on so if i'm the biden administration i'm pretty worried about the wapo and msnbc calling me calling my administration out as being this incompetent and uh, and heartless and all kinds of different things how about that stuff about months ago we had a plan that so trying to do this without Bagram would be just impossible? So then how did we end up close neighbor? And remember, we did the story here. We, 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 the, 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 the Afghan army got up in the morning and we were gone. We didn't even tell them.
0: <laughs> Allegedly.
1: So what the hell?
0: Yeah, I'm going to be interested to see approval ratings uh, evolve over the next several weeks. And even as I say that, I think, well, wait a minute. What if the outcomes are truly horrifying? Because that could still be the case. Absolutely. Armstrong and Getty.